Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bienyash. Today I'm here with Hyperion from Cell. How are you? Very well. How about you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for um, for letting me come to your place of employment um, yeah. and <laughs> meeting with you and learning about metal. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Very so, excited. <laughs> so for everyone who's listening and maybe didn't hear the opening song, can you give like a quick little like elevator pitch of what is Cell and what is music? Uh, so cell we're all based in a concept uh, it's all it's a different universe essentially like a, um, we'll say it's like a wormhole to a different uh, universe and all this stuff is like all metaphors based on what we do as humans uh, to the planet and to each other and um, yeah it kind of is essentially a bunch of aliens that are going planet to the planet and uh, taking over each planet and absorbing it and terraforming it and essentially just moving on. And yeah, it's, mm. uh, it's a pretty, it's a crazy concept. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, as we were saying before we started recording, this is going to be like metal 101 for me as someone who isn't, I, I have listened to it and I do appreciate it for what it is. Um, but I, uh, I don't. I don't listen to it as often as I was. Yeah, like to. totally. Um, so it's definitely an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, but it's, it's I love it. Like yeah. I, listening to it, I'm just like this is it's great. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's not like you know, it's not what you hear on the radio. Yeah, totally. It's not yeah. in my recommended on Spotify for some reason. <laughs> so we gotta fix that. Yeah. Um, while doing some research on the whole metal thing, the whole the language around it is very. Mm-hmm. Why is it like the way that it is? Like with it's so ornate and a lot like in like in like sometimes vulgar or like cosmic yeah. and, and yeah like does um that well like for us especially in the first album uh i i had a lot it was a pretty rough time for me and i was uh letting out a lot of uh it's very cathartic for me so there was a lot of songs where i uh for example um for example, uh, Drained and Lifeless, a song off the old album, that was about essentially like energy vampires, just people I knew in my life that were like kind of just draining me and constantly like making me feel empty. And uh, I uh, didn't know how to deal with that. And I ended up just putting it into that song and playing it live really like made me feel better, essentially. Mm. So I try to push that into our concept, essentially, with uh, the whole Arabath and Zarbos and mm-hmm. all this stuff, yeah. <laughs> Justified thematic content, but yeah. Why metal then? Why not write like a heartfelt folk song or rock? Why go into something so heavy and loud? And yeah, a- black angry? metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I grew up with a lot of rock. Uh, my dad 
showed me like Pink Floyd. First song I remember is Welcome to the Machine by Pink Floyd. Cool. And it's always stuck with me. The the sounds on that song, just everything about it. It's just always in my subconscious. And then uh, he started showing me metal bands when I was in elementary, actually, believe it or not. And uh, I kind of started uh, getting really into Slayer and uh, got into Pantera at the time, Metallica, all the standard, you know, starter metal <laughs> bands. And then, yeah, it just something about metal sticks with me and I, I live it I breathe it mm-hmm. it's it's such a passionate uh genre of music and like I said it's very cathartic you let everything out on stage and I find some of the, nice, the nicest people are people in metal mm-hmm. and that's hardcore and even yeah. punk yeah like yeah it's um it's a pretty magical thing yeah, like yeah. you let all your anger out on stage and then yeah. all that's left is just like good feelings. Yeah, you just feel great after. Great. Dude, <laughs> yeah. what like, so when you were listening to it and you said something draws, do you have any idea of like what, I guess, sonically is happening? Like what, what, when you're listening to metal, like what, what, what do you, what draws you to it? Like what, what do you like about it? Is it the lyrics? Is it like just like the th- yeah. thrashing? Um, I, I'm always, like, I'm a hundred percent love musicianship. I'll sit there and I'll analyze every band I listen to and not in a bad way, but I'll like, uh, even if I'm seeing a, a folk folk band or something like that, I'll, I'll go out and uh, me and my partner will go to show and, you know, she'll want to go to maybe more uh, lighter rock or uh, yeah, folk or something like that. She still likes metal. Um, and I'll just sit there and I'll kind of, all right. Yeah. Oh, he's not even. Yeah, he screwed up there. Oh, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I like I like just watching other musicians play and seeing their style. And right. I'm definitely very open to everything. It's just something about metal where like you're watching them. It's like, how is that drummer doing 300 BPM? Uh, just like and like consistently, like with all that emotion and for like six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Just like it's unbelievable. Um, also. Prague. <laughs> Prague's another thing where like you see guys just changing guys and women change like uh time signatures uh from four four doing like wacky weird stuff and it's just ob- obscure, you know? Like yeah. obscurity interests me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I love that like especially after going through school and like you get get exposed to all these different genres and you like it's so like why are these people making that? Like why don't they just stick to like the simple like easy yeah. four measures you yeah know, like one instrument but one two three four, yeah one, exactly two, three, right like four, yeah <laughs> it, i love how crazy people can get yeah with um with with that yeah. um so okay i get it okay it, it sounds cool um yeah <laughs> there's more there's more to it obviously mm-hmm. but uh i mean uh, in the end like uh i love the tones um and the uh, we were before the interview, we were talking about lyrical content. Man, there's are so such cool lyrics within mm-hmm. a lot of metal bands. Yeah, yeah, and maybe on the surface level, it can get like kind of distracting. You're like, what are they talking about? But if you actually listen, maybe yeah. read them. Yeah, it there's a story. Like you said, there's yeah. another universe. Like yeah. lots of. I, yeah, I'm very. I'm, I'm sitting here right now. I'm like, maybe I should just listen to some metal. On the yeah, home. yeah. Oh yeah, I can recommend okay. so many bands. Perfect. We'll talk after. <laughs> yeah. So you grew up listening to um, metal, and how do you go from you know being a fan to it to picking up an instrument or learning and starting to perform and write your own music? Yeah. Um. I uh, started playing guitar when I was about six years old, and uh, it's always kind of been around. Like it's always been there with me. My family is very 
music oriented. My dad's a drummer. Uh, he was actually a clarinet player in the Portuguese marching band. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. He hated it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's always kind of been there. And um, yeah, I kind of really started writing when I got good at guitar. So I guess in high school, well, good, I'll put in quotations. Mm-hmm. In high school, I started um, writing and stuff like that and had my first death metal band around there. And yeah, I just, uh, I love playing. I, I don't think there's a day where I don't play my guitar. And yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what, what else to say about that. <laughs> it's, totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> so but so you, you started, you got good at guitar. You're like, okay, yeah. I'm going to start writing. Where What would you say were your, like, where you drew inspiration from at the beginning uh that really influenced the music you were making at the at the, at the start at the start what engaged it well you know what um when i was young the reason why i started playing guitar was actually carlos santana okay yeah i was watching uh woodstock with my dad and uh that's when he was all like acided out and he was just like ripping and i'm like what what is this guy doing? I would be like, like that, Dad. Yeah, like I was like, I want to <laughs> learn guitar, Dad. And he's yeah. like stoked. He's like, Oh yeah, let's do it. And he, so he got me into Tober uh, in uh, Garden City area there, and mm-hmm. I learned with Dave Weens, and he is an unbelievable guitar teacher. Guy does the most obscure jazz and stuff like that. Amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I just kind of went from there. I stopped taking lessons when I was eleven, and uh, self taught from there, and jammed with a lot of people and. Yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been awesome. Yeah, and and so and yeah. how has your influences changed since then? Oh, it's changed a lot. Like I li- I listen to Santana, but it's definitely not a thing I go back to all the time. Uh, it was just the emotion and sheer power he had on stage that like re- inspired me, and uh, I try to do the same with our music. Essentially, we play a pretty um, acquired taste subgenre of metal it's uh like black metal is kind of blowing up right now because um of a movie that came out recently about uh the the 90s uh black metal scene in norway which one um i think it's called lords of chaos Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of the black metal people from that time in norway aren't really stoked about that movie because they they hollywoodized it yeah well that's what they're gonna do Yeah, yeah so they glamorized it. Yeah, exactly. And there was some pretty extreme stuff that happened at that time. Like, there was questionably, like, uh, one of the guys in that scene was questionably a terrorist. Like, he was, like, burning down churches. Like, he was, like, going out Is of that his... questionable? <laughs> well, I say questionable because in his eyes, he doesn't see it as being a terrorist. He sees it as, like, stripping down uh, that religion because it's on pagan lands in, qu- okay. in quotation, right? Okay. Um, to me, he is actually insane. But yeah. <laughs> like, I know that Just guy. Just a disclaimer. Is, yeah, his name's Varg from yeah. Burzum. Yeah, he's he's a little out of his mind. Right. Um, yeah, he ended up killing a band member of his, too. And it was... Jesus. Yeah, so that's why they wanted to dig into that and make a movie of it right and that's what they made a movie about yeah a lot of those guys were just nerds in their basement and they right. wanted to be Kinda cool puts, yeah it puts like know? a bad like like image on them like it, yeah. we're, not, we're not all crazy we're not all killers exactly we just are just really angry when we play the guitar yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like uh i really go out of my way to show that you know a black metal band isn't like just like that you know like we're all really kind people mm-hmm. and uh the on stage our on stage our personas are different the hence our our names is is different than what we actually are right yeah yeah and it, i mean obviously it's intentional that you do that but 
um, what's what's the benefit of creating a persona and like creating a universe? Oh, the the feeling of being able to not be yourself when you go in front of like a bunch of people is the best feeling ever because you can let loose and act not like yourself. You get like I literally can just like give the middle finger to somebody right in the the front and they're like loving they it. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and like, it's yeah. like it's like such a different feeling and uh our our names are all based within the concept that that I wrote and um essentially we are uh let's say deities like gods within that universe and we're observing uh, if you, I don't know if you know Marvel really well, but uh, there's uh, characters called. What is called Marvel? The <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah. There's these characters called the Watchers, mm-hmm. and they don't get involved with anything, but they watch everything. They've been around forever, and like okay. they essentially just observe the universe. They're like the chorus in Grecian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, like our characters are based on that. So we're essentially just telling the story of that that galaxy. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so. I want to get more into the more into uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, like kind of like lyrical story and everything, but I'll do that in the second yeah, half. I think totally. yeah. um, I wanted to talk about just for, for me, yeah. uh, and I, if you don't know all of it, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, what are why are there so many metal genres? Oh, uh, there's I can't even explain to you how many metal genres there I know. are. I just it's endless because um, I find a lot of bands and metal they tend to not want to stick in one thing Mm -hmm. and they'll want to like uh spread out into different sounds within that heavy kind of sound it's pretty interesting because like there is a base of like main subgenres and metal but then Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah that band's like a a a blackened death metal prog thrash band you know what i mean like it gets it gets to that point right why don't just call it something different at that point that's that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I find that old metal people are nerds. Like they just yeah. get really okay. nerdy with their music. Like if you listen to a lot of a lot of music, you'll probably just be like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's at this time, and they did this, and they had this member." Like people get it like really intense with that yeah. stuff. I'm like that with comic books. Like I get like Makes really sense. extreme Easy with transition. That. So with I find with metal, people get really passionate about that and just dig hard into subgenres, and it's just always kind of been there since, um, I guess, since the '80s when it was blowing up, right? Right. So yeah. So then. Um can you define how black metal is different than the other genres? What makes it black metal's crude? It's harsh. It's um, more emotional. There's okay. more substance in comparison to I uh, like. I've played death metal for years, and death metal is awesome. I love it, but it's very. Um, it's just bam, 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 bam to the point. Uh, brutal. You know what I mean? Okay. Like there is some intricate and intelligent death metal out there, but something about black metal is just like you can let out so much more emotion and it's more atmospheric, a uh, darker sounding, uh, the lyrical content most of the time is really evil, uh, uncomfortable at times kind of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for me, I kind of tend to go towards bands like emperor and immortal and, um, uh, 1349. A lot of those bands, uh, immortal, for example, actually has their own concept. Uh, it's called blast and that's their own world they created and oh. they dig super hard into that. And so that inspired me to be able to do that with my own music. Mm. Do all, um, 
so not all bands will have their own concepts and no, then we'll work no. off the same There's concept. There's a good chunk of black metal bands that definitely dig into satanic stuff just to like, just to give you that shock value. Think of it as like Kiss. They had the the makeup, right? And then like their music was like not heavy. Like mm-hmm. it was like pretty soft to really simple stuff. But the look kind of like set people off. They're, oh, what the heck? Alice Cooper, another guy that was doing that. Um, a lot of those bands kind of paved the way for black metal bands. And the first, I'd say that one of the first black metal bands was Venom. And they started in the late 70s. They were kind of like a motorhead, but they had spikes. They, they're really scary looking and their music was evil as hell. Like it was just all about being with Satan and right. like, you know, being in, like they have a song in league with Satan, you know, and like it's stuff like that. So that was all a shock thing. It was a shock value. A lot of those people right. aren't even religious. <laughs> right. Like 95% yeah. of them are just like, almost atheist people that kind of just want to piss people off and like be edgy. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm learning so much. Uh, and I'm sure the people who are listening who already know about it are like, come on, get onto the, like the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's for someone who like just kind of takes it for granted. Like I just listen in, like I, I can hear that there are some differences mm-hmm. that like right away, like on the surface level that you can kind of pick out. Yeah. But kind of knowing that, like I kind of want to go back and listen oh, yeah. and just really understand. Cause it ma- and it makes a lot of sense that there are the people that really enjoy different types of metal also really like universes like comic book universes. Yeah, totally. Or, um, yeah, that just makes sense to me. Yeah, and totally. I-, I totally get my brother a little bit more now. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, if you're listening, <laughs> how you doing? Um, so before we get, I, I still, I want to talk about the lyrics cause it's just such a yeah. cool thing to me. Uh, but before that, the, the metal community in Winnipeg. Um, oh, yeah. What is that? What is it like as someone who's it's not involved? Amazing. It's super loving. Everyone supports each other. Uh, so many shows out every week. Like I'm at, I'm at least at two shows a week and wow. uh, it's very consistent. Like all mm-hmm. the bands put in so much time and effort into their music. Uh, it doesn't matter, matter what subgenre you're going to see within the metal world here they're all good like every single time you see a band it's just unbelievable and uh i never have troubles putting on shows people come out uh they're very involved um i actually run a festival called seance metal festival oh cool uh, i do it every summer in august it used to be called Chadstock. in august yeah and uh yeah august 23rd to 25th that's the dates this year um yeah so like we usually get three 350 people out to that and it's on my auntie's farm and it's like no big deal it's a big like open area people camp out and i get some touring bands on there and uh, a bunch of local bands and it's an awesome opportunity for people to see a band they never would have seen locally you know like going out on a wednesday night or something at the windsor you know like you wouldn't see that band usually so it's kind of cool and i try to throw in like some punk and like rock like moontan a lot of those bands try to mix them in there yeah i love when i see metalheads like digging into other genres other than metal i love that yeah 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 that's that's great yeah um so what are the venues in winnipeg or in manitoba that primarily have metal um, I'd say the one venue I do a lot of shows with would be the Handsome Daughter. Um, really? Oh yeah. Me, no way. Misha and those guys, Steve, they, uh, Jay, they all are amazing human beings. I, that's my favorite place to go. Um, they put on for metal. metal. Yeah. They put on a metal show almost every second week or something like that. 
And uh, like I was just there yesterday. They put on an uh, uh, awesome death metal show. Who was, was playing in it? Um, so the the local band was called Visra Mort. They're a new band. Okay. Um, then uh, uh, there was all touring bands after that. It was Flub from California. They were uh, pretty wacky. Um, and then uh, a friend of mine from Edmonton's band, I Have Horus. They're melodic death metal, really awesome, cool riffs. Wow. Uh, and then uh, the last band was a very technical band called Inanimate Existence. And they're like really shreddy, like mm-hmm. proggy death metal. And see, and this is kind of connecting into like that subgenre thing. And I'm like one of those guys that are really like, oh, yeah, it's a little spice of this and a little spice of that. But right. that's how you get nerdy about the subgenres. It's just mm-hmm. you get really interested. In, you and when know, you listen to it a lot, like it's easier for you to pick those things out. Totally. So that gets exciting. I actually had a conversation with Nikula the other day from Moontan. And he's like, man, I really love when you explain metal to me. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, yeah, I was like, get really passionate about it. It's, yeah. it's fun to talk I, about. I love. Yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really lucky to, and fortunate to have you on my show right now because I'm I'm getting so I have an idea that I want to talk to you about afterwards. Um, um it's interesting. I'm asking about Handsome Daughter because I do uh, listings for the and be live app so like yeah, i okay. find all of the venues and i would have thought you would have said like the windsor yeah the windsor is definitely on there like yeah. um i did i just saw one on friday at the windsor and that was awesome yeah. um uh, the goodwill's another place um so it's just uh, any any venue yeah like, really anything like it's not like for some reason in my head i have it like it's like kind of like this like isolated community because I, I struggle to find metal band i guess because it's not like the mainstream yeah a lot of performing live a lot of people think it's think it is like isolated but totally isn't it's not it's not at all anyone can access it anytime uh that's why i love having shows at the handsome daughter specifically because there's a lot of foot traffic there right and the amount of time i've seen like an indie uh person come in to a show and they're just like Kinda Whoa, like, what's this? <laughs> and they're like kind of weirded out for a second, but yeah. then they pay, go into the show and have a great time. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's super cool. And I like seeing that a lot. So like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, now I really have no excuse to have so few <laughs> punk and metal yeah. artists. Uh, I mean, you don't speak for punk, but unless you want to speak about punk. I love, I love yeah. punk. Yeah. Um, my partner really likes punk. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, like a lot. I've gone to quite a few shows. What I want to ask, why... Are there like four or five bands on in like one show? Why are they on one show? Yeah, like, uh, why, like are on the bill or on the set? Like why? Because I've seen some of the shows that I've gone to. There's like five different bands playing in yeah. one night when, in like a rock or like a pop or it's just yeah. three or maybe even two. Why? Yeah. Why are there so many? Uh, there's so well. It's just there's so much variety, uh, and uh, I find if I was putting on a show, uh, for example, I was doing uh, the the fundraiser for the fest recently mm-hmm. um i put on four bands and uh they were all com- like completely different and it was kind of just a little bit for everyone right so gotcha. you know it would kind of pull out people that like thrash a little bit more people that like death metal a little bit more you know and i had a okay. punk band on there actually they were called fpg and they're from uh, Regina. And they do like crossover and that's kind of essentially thrash with a little bit of um, hardcore punk. Yeah. Mixing it together. And the singer actually looks like um, like uh, almost like a hood dude, like a, like a gangster looking guy. And he actually sometimes sings with grills in and it's like cool. super cool, like weird and different. And right. I, yeah, they, yeah, they did really so well. Cool. So how do you find these bands? Like you mentioned, you have all these touring artists. Where do you, do they reach oh, out to um, you? Years of touring and networking and like, 
playing shows everywhere and uh, just, yeah, just meeting people. Like whenever I go out to a, a metal festival or something, let's say I go out to Calgary, I'll meet some people and mm-hmm. hang out with them and then kind of make a friendship that way. And then it goes from there and tour and do a show with them, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's great. You just got to put in like the hours, I guess. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot of time and effort, but I mean, when you love it, you don't even notice it. Like right. it's literally just so easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Great. We have to take a break. Yep. Um, we're listening to um, drained and lifeless, which was from your 2016 yes. album. Uh, the frozen moon of Arabath. Yes. Yeah. God, I love it. It's just, <laughs> it's so much. Yeah. It's just so much. And it's like the, per- but it's like the perfect amount of much. Yeah, so uh, we're going to listen to Drained and Lifeness. Keep listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Benyesh. I'm here with Hyperion from Cell and we'll be right back. Listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. I'm Ashley Bionage. I'm here with Hyperion from Cell, the black metal band here from Winnipeg. You still doing good? Oh, I'm doing great. Great. <laughs> uh, we were just finished listening to Drained and Lifeless from the 2016 album, The Frozen Moon of Arabath. It's just I have to make sure I'm looking at my notes because yeah. like, it's so intense um, and I love it. So before we get into lyrics, I want to talk more about the black metal subgenre. Yeah. Okay. Take it away. So um, we were kind of talking about it earlier. Like essentially it started with uh, a band uh, called Venom and uh, Bathory. They were both kind of the, the Kickstarter for that. Um, they pushed the, the the metal genre into that extreme form. And it was actually before death metal, thrash metal, all that stuff. Everyone thinks thrash metal was the first really extreme, fast kind of metal uh, thing. Oh, so, is, are we going to cause a controversy? By, um... Well, not necessarily. I think people are pretty <laughs> aware of that. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that first wave of black metal really changed music. It scared people. It, it, like, shocked people. And that always interested me. I love horror and I love, like... Um, I love the shock value of things. So to see a band like not have records in a store because the the person selling the records was so scared of them, that is cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so scared of music. Yeah, they were scared of yeah. music. And so, yeah. were they were they scared of what like like what they were saying, what it yeah, could it, mean? I get, did they think it was some kind of incantation? Yeah, or? I think it was like a, like you know there was a lot of. There was definitely a good chunk of like really religious people that would running uh, record stores and stuff like that, and they see it and it's like Venom's Welcome to Hell is like literally like the the goat Satan face, yeah, and then like a pentagram around it. So it's like that's the first thing you see when you're getting the album. You're like, whoa, I, back in 1980. I understand. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're just like it's a little. So, yeah. I mean, um. So I got distracted by this rug. I have the exact oh, same one at home. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, Ikea. Yeah. Um, why? I mean, I guess it was the shock value. And yeah. I understand like you want that. But like, what about the people who wanted to get like 
traction and like how do you get your music out there if how do you balance this shock value with um getting exposure so that's the tricky thing uh, a lot of people within this subgenre they're not looking to get famous they aren't like pushing to be the next you know share you know the <laughs> you know the next like justin bieber they're like they want to produce Interesting music. choices of examples. Yeah, I'm just, you know, <laughs> uh, they're, they're wanting to produce music that means something to them. And in the end, they, if they die tomorrow, they did something that immortalized themselves and made them feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's beautiful about like a lot of metal genres. It's like that. Right. Like, there are a lot of bands that are trying to push to like be a famous band, right? But I found, yeah, within the black metal subgenre, like even a band like Venom that's massive, they changed the world. They didn't care that that's what made them so cool they just didn't care they were like motorhead Mm -hmm. (laughs) so how did they get their music out there if stores weren't buying them so it was that underground uh scene that was really pushing them it was the underground metal scene that was selling them in all the the side record shops and all that stuff and you know a lot of uh people would find them randomly and like oh my god what's this you know buy the venom album buy the bathory album all that stuff merciful fates another one yeah um yeah and they that's how it kind of pushed through mm-hmm. and i find now everything's mainstream and metal's very common actually like if you go to europe it's part of the radio it's so normal there oh, that's amazing like you can listen listen like a pop song and then it's going to go to a death metal song after that you know it's that's like so, so cool, cool. <laughs> like i love that yeah um a little intense but yeah like, totally <laughs> i love that yeah wow i just um and i guess that makes sense why like the community like why the it, the shows are so well attended because yeah. that's how the genre started and it relied on that because without that those people going yes they weren't going to be on the radio they weren't going to be in stores you had to go to, to be able to support it exactly there's always that DIY feel from uh, that subgenre and it's it's kind of it's beautiful like the mm-hmm. the effort and time that's put into that um and th- that second wave of black metal I was talking about where they were like the guy killed his bandmate blah right. blah those are the nerdy guys that were in ba- their basements in Norway and Sweden and all that stuff listening to Venom and uh, Bathory and the recordings were kind of not as good as like the famous stuff mm-hmm. so they're like wow we want to do that but make our recordings sound even worse we want to like make it sound like like a bee in a you know a beer bottle can like like they went for that kind of sound and I find a lot of people that don't like blackmails because of that sound like that like really rough. bad recording yeah. rough almost sounds like one mics in the room kind of recording uh, so that was that kind of cool punk factor of it I love that about about yeah. like the 90s bands okay. uh, us we more so try to go for a more polished up like higher quality sound now and like I find that suits us a little bit better uh, a lot of black metals bands have done that they've like moved away from the you know the yeah. ba- kind of bad sounding recordings and doing like more nicer mm-hmm. polished tighter kind of and sounding it's, stuff it's so much it's, it's easier to do that now because <laughs> yeah. all of the like equipment that's e- like you can get just on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Now it's so easy to record. Yeah. Would you say that uh, with streaming services that that's hurt the metal scene at all? Uh, it's that's a hard talk. It's like it, with streaming service, I find it's convenient, it's so easy to find bands, and it's not like back in the day where you'd have to like you know read a magazine and you know you get something sent out to you or like you know travel around find stuff now you literally just go on spotify and it's just like okay 
black metal playlist. Oh, wow. I never heard of that band. I'm going to buy their album. That's the beauty of the streaming stuff. Yeah. So people that are true to music and want to support that artist, they'll go and buy that album if they like it. Right. And that's how I am. Like I'll, if I find something and I hear it and I like it, I'm going to buy that album. Yeah. And I'll buy the vinyl all mm-hmm. the time. I usually wait till they're on tour. And then I go see their show and I'll cool. buy their vinyl right Good from because awesome. it supports them 100% instead of getting the label money and giving like, you know, all the, the middle, the middle people. Middleman, right? yeah. 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 Cause I, can, I can imagine that because metal is such a, is such a experience yeah. to be like in the room with all the sweaty people just like moving yeah. around and making, does, does metal do like the. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, There's the, like the circle pit. pits, yeah. mosh pits, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's kind of cool because every, between metal, punk and hardcore. Uh, hardcore being its own kind of subgenre, uh, subgenre of punk. Um, I find they all have. See, I different, didn't know that. I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. Cool. They they all have their different kinds of moshing. Like metal is pretty friendly. A lot of people are picking each other up if you're falling down when you're moshing, and it's no punching or anything. You're just like you know bunch bunching into people and kind of elbowing them a little bit. It's like a friendly uh, wrestle mm-hmm. kind of in the middle there. And then punk, I find a lot of people are dancing more. Right. Yeah, they're doing like the skank beat dance, you know. Like yeah. Arm thing that they do. Yeah. It's interesting. Pogo dance. Yeah. I get <laughs> um, it. And then hardcore, that's, they throw down. That's like a different thing. Hardcore was meant to be hard. It was meant to be like, like th- almost threatening. Like you go in there and like they're actually punching and spin kicking and like doing this weird dance. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Like a lot of metal guys that go into a hardcore pit they'll get hit in the head and they get mad and they start fighting the the hardcores right and that's always been kind of like a thing that's happened over the years i find people now are very conscious of what different mosh pits are mm-hmm. and it's a weird code within the hardcore mosh pit where it's like if you get hit you kind of just got to move on and just keep on doing your thing and if you accidentally hit someone same goes with that person right, right. so it's really interesting mm. um yeah, metal mosh pits are a little bit more chill than that, actually. Yeah, I think I went to go see, not that it's metal, I went to a punk show. It yeah. Was my first mosh pit. Uh, I think it was Combat Kid. Okay, come, that's yeah. a hardcore band. Oh, is it? That's actually okay. a hardcore band. Oh, good. So okay. that's a perfect example of you seeing someone throwing down. And yeah, yeah, the band right before them, I don't remember who they were, but it's like this bald guy. He like was up there and he got down into the crowd and yeah. was like yelling at people's faces. Yeah, and, and they, I was, they're probably all running up and trying yeah. to sing into his mic it and was, stuff. It was so insane. That's 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 that thing. That's that's their style. That's their thing. Yeah. I love that about love, hardcore. I, I mean, yeah. I was terrified. Yeah, totally. Not, not prepared. But it's all these angsty guys yeah. and girls like, just letting out their... Yeah, yeah like I feared for my life, but I do it again, right? <laughs> yeah, like definitely. it's like it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, this is so much fun. I'm really enjoying yeah. talking to you, but we are on a time limit, so I'm going to shift to the conversation yep. to the um purpose and point of the intense metal logos. Yeah. <laughs> Why? So, um, for me, I'm a person that likes a uh, logo I can read. Um, Same. If you can make it pointy and look all like evil looking, but like. Uh, it's good marketing when you can like sell your band with the logo, right? Like you have a good logo. It's going to stick in somebody's head. They're going to remember it always. The amount of times where I've listened to bands, I love the band, but like it's a twiggy kind of logo and I can't really read it. It's hard for me to remember what it looks like. Right. And then I'm like, what was that band's name again? And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find How it. How do you search that? So I the, feel like it should be in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> they do that a lot of the times do on they? the posters. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I, the point of that is just to show the brutality of that of that like subgenre a lot of the okay. time it's death metal bands that will have that really weird looking logo and you can't really read it it looks mm-hmm. bloody looks gooey you know and it's like it's just part of that 
that the aesthetic. idea, that aesthetic, that concept, yeah. right? Uh, black metal was really bad for it for a long time too. It wasn't until recently where a lot of bands started really like, you know, 90s and on, they started actually putting like the letters in there and making it look legible. Right. Um, a lot of bands have changed their logos too because of that. Yeah. Like Immortal had a really illegible one and then you see their logo now and it's just like, bam, Immortal. They, like you literally Easy. can read yeah. it easily. And like, does do the members of the band make the logo themselves or is there like a, is uh, there like a graphic designer that specializes in yeah, metal logos there's actually a, a guy that specializes in a lot of like black metal and death metal logos uh really uh, i can't remember his last name is christian, christian yell it out if you're listening yeah <laughs> we can hear you <laughs> yeah he uh he lives out in uh, sweden and he actually oh. one, he did one of my favorite bands um logos emperor and he's really famous for because of that so a lot mm. of people kind of started flocking to him and if you see a really good legible logo it's his like definitely really his. yeah so there are graphic designers and people out there doing those logos is there like a local yes there yeah. is okay. there's uh, a guy named Kevin hoover and he's a good friend of mine he plays in nocturnal departure and they are a black metal band as well uh they're playing at with dope dope throne on uh, wednesday actually okay. at the park theater oh well, nice plug yeah <laughs> well i mean by the time this episode comes out it'll yeah already <laughs> yeah um so yeah they uh he does a lot of cool logos and works his butt off like every single day and he is killing it with posters with art he sells his art at every show he can he's very dedicated wow so yeah interesting yeah. interesting i have an idea well i'll talk about it after that yeah. okay <laughs> so uh lyrics yes um i love it so much mm-hmm. um just because we were talking about on like on the break how there there really is no limit to there isn't there there are no rules no. essentially yeah and that's the beauty of it um with our lyrics i uh it's a lot of emotion that's close to me and that i try to project into the concept of what we write um essentially it's a, the beings that are like going planet to planet and terraforming these planets and uh, making it one with them there's like little sub stories within that story so that the this album that we have coming up is a sub story of that first album, essentially. Oh. So this is like a planet where like there's like uh, a hierarchy, a higher race of people, we'll say, and they're horrible. Like it's almost like when uh, white people came from uh, Europe and like just destroyed the indigenous people. And like for me, I'm I'm my mom's side. I'm an indigenous, and like I I really dig hard into that story because it's horrible things happen right and it's like if you could put that into a like a, a story just so people can see and kind of get it and take in that concept um that mattered a lot to me so i did that within this this storyline and these people the Zar- the zarbonites they uh they rise up to defeat these people and they use their black magic they're like all oh, their like old school uh weapons and everything to defeat these people and they end up doing it uh, spoilers yeah <laughs> uh on the cover of that album there's uh a, like a beast kind of thing coming out and it's really like massive this is them their their black magic they're using the, the incantation mm. uh to raise it from this this pit and use it to destroy them so yeah it's okay. i try to like put a lot of metaphors within my life and put it into the that kind of stuff very yeah. cool. Yeah. So this new album, which is um, Ancient Incantations of Zarbos, yes, uh, which is going to be released later this year. Yeah, right. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, 
what was that process like getting it ready? Because you said like the songs are finished. Yeah, well, we're sitting on it right now. It's preparing. totally done. Yeah. What was um it like going into this into this new album? Um, you just finished. You have this 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 universe that you've already created. Why did you decide to do this subplot or this like, kind of like extra thing? Like, what what was your mindset going into this new album? Um, so going into it, I was like. Every album we want to expand. We just want to keep on expanding the universe, telling more of what's happening in that like that galaxy. Um, and going into this one, it was kind of interesting. I was so emotional in the first album and mm-hmm. really let a lot of stuff out. And this one, I'm like, wow, now I just want to get really nerdy. I just want to like, you know, expand about things that I, I, I like a lot. Like I like history and blah, blah, blah. So I tried to find ways to make it work with a science fiction kind of thing. Right. And uh, yeah, I, it, it was super fun writing the lyrics for this. Uh, yeah. Creating your own names and words and stuff like that. Languages even. It's it's fun. 